Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Everybody. Whoa! There go my eardrums. How are yours? <laughs> Fine, because you're the one who shouted. Hey, I would like to begin this introduction with a very important announcement, which oh is Oh my god. That during this episode, I mess up a Brad Pitt movie reference. I genuinely do. And then Jenny makes me fucking believe that a river runs through it does not star Brad Pitt and I believe her my mistake and she was wrong honestly it was an honest mistake anyone could have made not me because I had the fucking poster of a river runs through it on my wall and you didn't include the fact well, because in your I argument. doubted myself I doubted myself let this be a lesson to you uh, this was a this was a test actually yeah to I failed see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I was easily manipulated into believing I didn't know as much about Brad Pitt as I did. So when you get there, please know Jenny was wrong. A river runs through it does include Brad Pitt. As a matter of fact, I think it is the best crying that Brad Pitt ever does in a film. You can let me know if you disagree. Uh, yes, do let her know. <laughs> now, don't be alarmed. Yes, it's Thursday. Yes, that's not our normal episode day. But listen, it's a, for a very good reason. Yesterday, we aired a really awesome conversation that Kristen had with producer Alba and Sarah Duncan, a pop culture scholar, multidisciplinary artist and culture worker on the representations of mental health in pop culture. We highly, highly recommend listening to that episode either before or after you listen to us here today. Uh, also, hey, we are at the 17th episode of the sixth season of this fucking show. And we have a survey for you all to take if you would like to help us figure out some of our future paths. I can't believe we've arrived here. I can't believe we're thinking about the future. Just an incredible thing. The main reason for the survey is to get your feedback on our plans for Angel on Top in season four. Now, here's some great news. LaToya and Morgan have agreed to stay on hosting despite being in a season-long feud with us. <laughs> it's almost as if they actually secretly like us or something. They're, they're sticking around for some reason. We are delighted because... We love well, Jenny loves them, and I am still feuding with them, feuding with love with them. Um, when we started Angel on Top in our feed here, the original plan was actually for the episodes to be little mini episodes, short recaps alternating with our longer episodes on Buffy. But listen, Angel is a fucking incredible show, and the knowledge mm. and the insight and the humor that Latoya and Morgan have brought to the conversation has meant that we've gotten full-length episodes from them since the jump, really. And those full-length episodes will continue into seasons four. And if we're lucky, and they'll stay with us, the feud doesn't splinter us. Yeah, depending how the feud goes. <laughs> into season five. So the four of us are of a mind to give Angel on top of their own feed. Uh, again, like it was when Brittany and Laura were with us, so that listeners can come to the podcast when they rewatch Angel from the start 
to the finish and find a complete library of their conversation. It would start, obviously, with Brittany and Laura in the first two seasons and then move over to LaToya and Morgan. Not only will it mean that all of the episodes live together in one feed, but it also means that the people searching for an Angel podcast will be able to find Angel on top. Right now in our buffering feed, they're a little obscured in the like internet podcast searches. So let us know if you're into this plan of giving Angel on top what I personally like to call a feed of their own. (laughs) (laughs) A feed runs through it. Thelma and the feed. Yes. Uh, And also, also, in addition to giving us your feedback on Angel on Top, we would love to hear your insight uh, on your hopes and dreams for the future of buffering the Vampire Slayer. Just head on over. I made you a special link, as I always do, to bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash 2021 survey, 2021 survey. We're going to pick four of you who submit your answers to the survey to win a merch bundle when the store reopens in July, just a few weeks from now. And like, you should trust us that you'll be very happy with the merch bundles because we have some very fun new things coming your way. Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. that's bufferingthevampireslayer.com slash 2021 survey. It's just a few short questions and it will help us a lot in our future planning. Yes, please help us. <laughs> well, I can't think of a very sexy <laughs> segue. Speaking of helping us. <laughs> uh, it's time for the results of your most recent sexual tension awards. You remember a very (laughs) notoriously sexy episode called Hell's Bells where everyone's trying to get it. Oh, the fan fiction (laughs) that came out of Hell's Bells is simply limitless. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Regarded by most as the sexiest episode ever of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, here are the various noms and the slots in which they fell, their final resting places (laughs) when the votes were counted and the dust settled. Perhaps it's because they're teens. (laughs) I think so. I think so. In fourth place, (laughs) with only 8% of the vote, Dawn and Teen Demon. Uh, Maybe we don't need to talk about it. A teen-appropriate relationship from here forward. (laughs) In shockingly, I am shocked (laughs) in third place with 15 percent of the vote it's buffy and spike what did buffy and spike ever do to you they they broke up (laughs) oh yeah but sometimes that's when things are at their most tense moving along okay in second place in second place. Incredible. Do you know why? With- Our listenership fucking rules. They know what's good. They know what's good. Mm-hmm. In second place, with only 26% of the vote, <laughs> I celebrate each and every one of you. Everybody who cast a vote played a part in, in <laughs> truly uh, achieving something great and historic. Tara and Willow, second place, yeah. 26% of the vote you know why because there was no real danger in that Mm -hmm. stupid willow dragging tara behind a flower arrangement to protect her (laughs) mini scene okay are you ready buckle up we're going to fucking space right now (laughs) in first place god bless america and the globe with 51 percent of your horniest votes it's cousin carol and Krelvin. 
51%. That is stunning. Honestly, and I have half a mind to send a sexual tension award to each and every one of you uh, who voted right? in this poll. You did good. You did really good. You, I have a spicy trust. meatball. A spicy meatball. All right. Before we get into this delightful episode of television that was preceded by a delightful episode and will be followed by yet another delightful episode. Of television, They're also fun. I have a throwback email. It's actually a recent email, but it's going to take us back to season four uh, when there's a character. I don't know if you remember this character, Jenny, but his name is Riley. <laughs> Hmm. I thought it would bring a little cheer, a little a little nostalgic cheer to us. Rebecca, it rings something. Yeah, it rings heaven's bells, if you yeah. will, for Jenny It's like, Yang. ding dong, <laughs> who's here? So, a TA. So Rebecca writes, and it's a very short note, but meaningful. Rebecca says, I'm watching Buffy for the first time. I'm, wow. Yeah. Congratulations, Rebecca. I'm in season four, and Kristen keeps coming back to the moment. <laughs> Of course I do. When Riley removes Buffy's boot in the hard <laughs> quotes sex scene. <laughs> quotes, quotes are Rebecca's because Rebecca gets it. Rebecca then says, I wonder whether this was meant to be a metaphor. And then continues with what I can only call a poem. Riley's okay. hot, hot, hot lovin' removing Buffy's soul. S-O-L-E. Rebecca continues, maybe the suggestion we are left with is one of Buffy having experienced soul-stealing bliss in Riley's overly large hands. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> you know, I am, I feel we are so blessed <laughs> with such a beautiful what, listenership. What is the orgasm clause? True love plus happiness equals negative one soul. It's S-O-L-E yeah. in the case of wow. Buffy. Absolutely stupendous, this is Rebecca. Just spectacular. Knocked it mm. out of the fucking park. Thank you for bringing us joy. The gabagool uh, is well, fresh. Spicy meatball and gabagool from completely 0% Italian Jenny Owen Young. Hey, whoa, hey, you haven't seen my 23 and Me results? You don't know. <laughs> All right, Jenny, let us get into uh, normal again. What could go wrong? Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a very, very, very fun podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one, spoiler free, having an absolute blast and never feeling bummed out in tandem with my friends and yours, the baddest girls of podcasting, <laughs> Angel on Top, I'm... Jenny Owen Youngs. I'm Kristen Russo, and though you may never know, I did a full choreographed dance silently while Jenny did her entire introduction. So you might think she's cheery, but I was definitely the cheerleader, uh, encouraging her. She's now dancing. She's doing interesting dance moves. One looked like a stretch, but I believe it to be a dance. <laughs> the old knuckle popper. This week, we are talking about your favorite and mine, mm. season six, episode seven. 17 
normal again, or as I like to say, what the fuck are you doing to us? Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every other week for an original song written by Jenny. Sometimes I help. Recapping the Buffy mm-hmm. episode, we are discussing. Normal again <laughs> was written by Diego Gutierrez. Uh, this is his only Buffy episode. And it was directed by Rick Rosenthal. This is his first of a total of two episodes. And it originally aired on March 12th, 2002. Oh, wow. So it, it aired like on almost on the anniversary of the show, right? Oh, my God. Because March 10th is the air date. That's interesting. Do you think they cared? Mm, I don't I don't know. But anyway, this is the one according to TV Guide <laughs> where a demon doses Buffy with a powerful chemical that causes her to hallucinate, convincing the Slayer her parents are alive and Dawn never existed. I mean, the description makes it sound like a fucking jaunt in the park. You know what I mean? Doodly do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just a couple do, little do, do. hallucinations. And then she pops right back to normal again. I get it? Cool. I I do get it. Did you happen to perceive um, any strange uh, audio business with this episode? Some, like, really mismatched ADR? Some kind of clipping in certain people's... Uh, dialogue on a regular basis you know i didn't jenny but that is probably because i barely make it through watching this episode (laughs) which i will talk about but um what did you notice just all over the place smattered about there was a lot there was a lot of uh audio that what like dialogue audio that seemed to have too much gain that was just kind of like crunching out um there were some like really like adr in um different scenes where like one actor seems to not be doing ADR and the other is and like the the room sounds are very different between huh. the back and forth and there's one particularly funny edit that I will tell you about when we get there <laughs> right. yeah this is a really hard episode for me and that has made a lot of sense to some people and not as much sense to others um and so it's like really caused me to go on this journey because there's a ton of episodes that are difficult to watch I mean the body being a, a massive one uh and and those are those have been hard. You know, it's been like, oh, man, I can't believe I have to watch the body, you know, four times go- going into this taping and what have you. But nothing has impacted me like this episode um, where I like f- like cannot. We have a, a bonus episode, which I'm sure we talked about in the introduction. And I couldn't even watch it when we talked um, with Sarah and Alba. Like I, I watched like 10 minutes and was like, you know what? I know. I know. So I'm not mm, going to do it because mm-hmm. I know I have to watch it again for this taping. And someone on Twitter today actually said, oh, yeah, love an episode that makes me dissociate. And I was like, oh, I think that is what is happening. I am somebody who for a, a year of my life had really, really massive panic attacks. Um, you know, I, I once once you have a panic attack, I suppose you can always have a panic attack. But this particular year in my life, I was 27 and I didn't know what was happening to me. And the major way that I experienced panic attacks was dissociation. Obviously, Buffy is going through more than just dissociation. But the like jumping from one reality to another and back again and not knowing which reality is real, I think is super, super triggering for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it was just, it was a really hard thing for me to get through. Really the, the beginning two thirds. I don't know what happens, but like somehow it was not as difficult for me to watch the ending, which is a really fucked up ending. But like, it's really the first two thirds of it um, where I feel fucked up. And and we talk about it in the, in the bonus episode a bit, but I'm going to talk about it here too. Because obviously 
this episode does a lot of shit and 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 a lot of it is really fucked up notably the way we end it we'll get there yeah why don't we yeah. why don't we start with the previously on <laughs> yeah previously on i don't even know when he said this but somehow whatever was going on at the time was uh too distracting and i completely missed that xander uh coined the phrase nerd herd which i <laughs> like actually <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're like... That's the name they should be peddling around town, not the trio. The trio, yeah, I agree. Nerd herd. Yeah, the nice. nerds are hiding. The gays are flirting. Buffy didn't want to come back from the dead. Spike is brokenhearted. And Xander mm-hmm. left Anya. Altered the previous ones are, like, such a bummer. Except for the gays. Yeah. The gays really just having a blast. Just flirting with each other. Well, it is Pride Month, Kristen. <laughs> For just a couple more, Where, just today, actually. Yeah, yeah this is the we're taping we're on June thirtieth. On June thirtieth, um, but yeah, we're just we have a lot of like, not that like we've not been in periods of time with the show where the previous leons are all recapping fun things. It's just that usually they're not all so deeply traumatic. Um, mm-hmm, 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 anyway, mm-hmm. let's talk about what the fuck Buffy is wearing. In what the is first she wearing? Scene in the whole episode, she's wearing jeans. Notably, she was wearing jeans when she broke up with Spike. We've seen some really good internet content lately about um, uh, really like the psychology behind uh, what Buffy is wearing and the mm. fact that she's like wearing jeans. It's a real departure from where she was before. I don't know that we've ever seen this girl wear jeans. Now I know I know her overalls were made of denim, but that's not tight jeans. Um, and she's also in this first scene wearing a black leather coat that matches her black leather gloves with a black beanie and a bright large white scarf. It's just a very bizarre look for her. It's really like whatever the costuming department was trying to do was like setting her apart from where she was when she was with Spike. Yep, yep, uh, and they did it. They did it. They did it. Her beanie uh, is back. Sh- She's got a little, she's got a computer printout in her hand. What could it be? Directions via (laughs) mapquest.com? No. It's a list of uh, real estate up for rent. She's been going to every address and peering in the windows like a little peeping buff to see if the friggin' nerds might be there. Detective Buffy. Exactly. I love that she brought a red marker. Specifically to cross out each oh, listing as she think checked it's it. Giles's red marker from when he used to always circle crimes in the yes. newspaper. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, so yeah, she um finds where the nerds are, although she doesn't know that. We know that she found where the nerds are, and we pan into their new rental, their new lair, where they are still in the basement, even though they have like full reign of the house because they are a little bit confused about like what going undercover means, what hiding means. They're in the basement. They've got, to their credit, a wall of like really high-tech Mac screens. If you were to time travel back. You know what else they have? Those were cool fucking screens. Those little clear (laughs) shits. Those were cool. Uh, You know what else they have that I'm particularly jealous of this week is a super soaker because it's been 98 (laughs) degrees for the last three days in Maine. Yeah. A state that I heard previously to living here was a cold, a cold state. (laughs) Yeah. I think the people in the fucking Pacific Northwest had also heard rumors that it would be cool there. (laughs) Um, We laugh, so we do not cry. But yeah, super soaker. Jonathan gets Mm -hmm. it to the head. 
Um, because he's sleeping on the job. There's a, there's like a very quick, very serious moment that is immediately glossed over where Jonathan is like, I haven't had a decent night's sleep since. And then he doesn't finish the sentence. Oof. And we all take a moment to remember how fucked up everything was the last time we Woo! saw these guys. Season six. <laughs> uh, Andrew is like, oh, geez, Louise, the Slayer's here. Uh, <laughs> spying her peeking through the window. And um, they're like, well, I guess Andrew needs to deploy his little friend. Is what yeah. somebody, Warren says, Warren calls uh-huh. him his little friend. We cut back to the street where Buffy is still. There's a Dodge uh, truck parked in the in the alley. I only noticed it because it's a four by four, not to be confused with five by five. Uh huh. And a waxy, gooey monster appears, and she does a Buffy quip like, "Do you haven't happened to see a few nerds around here, have you?" And they fight, and he's a pretty good fighter. Um, and he does what I think is an unfair trick. I think foul on the play. If you have a poker, you have to reveal that you yeah, can't. No secret poker. No secret poker. One of the most important F- yellow rules. flag on the field In, for this uh-huh. guy. <laughs> but uh-huh. he gets her. Uh, he pokes her, and and we get a hard cut. To mm-hmm. Buffy in a hospital gown, uh, being beneedled by two orderlies. <laughs> yes, yes. It's not funny, but beneedled is no. But I'm just trying to. I'm working overtime today to bring whatever levity I can scrape together with my little fingernails mm-hmm. and jam into this episode. Uh-huh. Credit. Uh, the credits. Oh, the credits are nice. I love the credits. <laughs> uh, this next scene is actually uh, quite fun. Um, wh- I mean, it ends a little like womp womp, but it's not a horrible gaslighty mental health portrayal that is poor. So I'll take it. Willow is at school. She's rehearsing what she's going to say to Tara. She's got a pitch. It's kisses and gay love. It's Coffee, food, kisses, and gay love. Jenny. Well, okay. How dare Tara have the nerve to... Uh, she knows she's meeting Willow. Why would she kiss someone on the cheek? On the cheek. Like, Willow never says when she talks to Buffy later that it was a kiss on the cheek. She she talks about it like they kissed on the mouth. And they did not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, but also, have you ever seen Tara kiss anyone on the cheek? Have you ever seen Tara have a friend besides the <laughs> no, Scoobies? Tara's heartbroken and she's reinventing right. herself. So mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like she's making she's... friends. This girl, I think, has a crush on Tara. I think that's. Just... I'm picturing. <laughs> that's real. I'm picturing a gathering at UC Sunnydale. Think of um, a, a certain scene that happens in every installation of the Fast and Furious franchise. A bunch of people are gathered. Coronas? Their cars. No, no, no. Well, maybe Coronas. But the important thing is that there's going to be a race soon. But first, everyone is going to stand around their cars and like rev their engines and like look over at that guy's car and be like, oh, look at that car. And then that guy's going to come over and look at your car and be like, oh, look at your car. Yeah. And then there are a lot. There are always scantily clad women dancing in and around uh, and about the automobiles, right? Okay, so picture all of that, but just remove the cars and then insert. Maybe insert was a poor choice of words. <laughs> uh, everyone 
brings their finest crystal dildo <laughs> and they're all lined up in the UC Sunnydale parking lot and they're all like, ooh, uh, ah, wow. wow, yours is jade. Oh, okay. You're cut off. Get Where's okay. that fucking shepherd's crook? <laughs> Get her out of here. I refer to this girl who kisses Tara on the cheek as lesbian student number two. Oh, um, you know what she's actually credited as? Oh, what? Kissing girl. <laughs> Yeah. What do you think about that? Kissing girl. Well, mm-hmm. I credited her as lesbian student number two because I left number one for Riley, uh, our first lesbian student at UC Sunnydale. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to the double meet, to the DMP. What a fucking relief, even though we only see her for a, but a moment. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be briefly reunited with Lorraine. <laughs> Lorraine, who I guess is drug testing her employees um, because she says to Buffy, if I didn't know better. Right. Which I mean, if I didn't have this little vial of your pee <laughs> that I ran some tests on. Uh, um, but this is another drugs. I've marked these um, flash sideways i'm rewatching lost so you have to bear mm-hmm, with my mm-hmm. terminology here but like uh this is the second one and and the orderly nurse person in the institution has said time for your drugs and lorraine has said I, if i didn't know any better i think you were on drugs so this is the second flash for buffy um and she goes home and Willow is uh, on her brick of a laptop. Love Mac getting some serious placements in uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season six. You know, really, like I hope they, I hope they paid the series because they're getting some good promo. Anyway, they're looking for an email. Willow is looking for an email from Xander, which is sort of like our first acknowledgement that like, yeah, last week did happen, right? Like that did happen um, Mm -hmm. because we Mm -hmm. ended on quite a a horrible note from the last episode and they haven't heard from him yet. Yep, yep, yep. And Willow's like, also, I went to see Tara, but she was busy seeing someone else. <laughs> Who knows? But ah, she's very mad. Yeah, uh, she, they're probably just friends. I press my lips to my friends all the time. She says. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Buffy's like, uh-huh. um, <laughs> what's going on, bud? And then, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, Xander comes in through the door, mm-hmm. and please go back and enjoy the very weird oh. edit. And crossfade of Willow saying Xander and then some weird kind of blurred audio that uh, has been like that is still present, but in kind of indiscernible, like where a fade has happened. And then Willow saying Xander a second time. Wow. In the same intonation. Okay. Yeah. Go back and look. I said I would never watch this episode again, but I will go back and look at that one moment. (laughs) This is really sweet. This is like really nice. Um, Xander is back and immediately is given all the hugs. I mean, you know, we we gave this crew a lot of shit at the start of the season for not being supportive of each other in ways that were mm-hmm. helpful or healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. episode, I think, showcases two different times. The first being this, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's even more, but the first one being Xander... You know, just being told immediately, you don't have to explain it to us, right? We are your friends. We are here. Things were not okay. And we are here to support you and love you and give you a landing pad because no matter who fucked over who and how, 
this is bad for everyone and you are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And it's it's nice to see. He says, uh, Xander has, uh, I think, a pretty good episode, this episode. Um, he he says that the, the closed sign on the magic box chilled him to the bone, which oh. you can imagine. I mean, Anya mm-hmm. would have kept that shed open to make money pretty much for anything. So yeah. the fact that she... I'm sure she cleaned out the cash register. <laughs> That's true, layout. but she's still not making additional profits. I know. That had to I know. And making profits is her number one exactly. priority and exactly. interest. Exactly. So... Oh, he tells them that he mm. still wants to date her. Mm. Ooh, mm. He says, I know that I'm a better person with her in my life. Xander! You fool. I know, but he knows. What is so painful about this is that he's so aware of the fact that he was a fool. You know, like he's not even like, I'll fix it and everything's fine. He's just like, Mm -hmm. I, he says, he says, I've had this painful hole inside and I'm the idiot who dug it out. And then there's a pause and he says, I screwed up real bad. And it's so genuine. It's really Nick Brendan does a great um, delivery of these lines, letting us because, you know, those of us and, you know, Jenny and I were top on this list who were ready to just toss Xander out the frickin window for the first few seasons. I think like this could be a place where you're just like, I fucking knew it. Tossing this guy back out, you know, like, fuck this guy. But I, at least, do not feel like that. I feel like uh, Nick Brendan's performance and the writing here gives us uh, the ability to see how he's grown and and how he's aware of what he's done. Um, Yeah. There's a couple of lines here that I'm going to point out that I'm just going to say I think fucking they're Joss punch-up lines that are Xander-specific and that I find completely unnecessary and unhelpful to that arc. I don't know Mm. that. I don't know that they're Joss punch-up lines, but... I'm a pin it on him because I can do that. All right, that. all right. This is half my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait and I will talk about them when we get to them. But um, other than those couple of moments, I feel that the arc that Xander's being given is allowing us to see, like Buffy says, a human who has screwed up. And Buffy says, we all screw up. And we're getting that. We're getting that like unity of experience here. It's not just that Xander's a, a jerk. It's that Xander has come from a lot of trauma and didn't make the right turn at this particular fork in the fucking road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes two roads diverge in a yellow wood and all you have is two pennies, as I always say. <laughs> Listen, you if you don't support us on fucking Patreon, now's the time to come on over because we are just fucking crawling up this wall. We're just... We are sweating. We are de- taking deep breaths. We are working so hard to make this an enjoyable listen. And we're going to be working this hard until the fall. I came I came up. Actually, I have something for this. I have something that I prepared. Um, we cut to the cemetery where Spike is walking with a, a bag, a paper bag of groceries. And I thought it would be really fun to play a game. A game? Yeah. Called... What's in Spike's grocery bag? And to make it extra challenging, what if 
Uh, what if we go back and forth and we play it like a game where we have to stick to the alphabet? So like you say an A thing oh and God. I say a B thing and you say a C thing and so on. Okay, okay, think? okay. Fine, great. I love this. Wow, Jenny, really pulling out all the fucking stops. We never play games here. It's 98 degrees in Maine, Kristen. I'm barely hanging on. Every time you say 98 degrees, I just think about how we once fucked up the name of... Did, what did we say? We said... Oh, some other Nick, but we were we talking about Nick Lachey, Nick Carter, right? and we were talking right. about Nick Lachey, and it was like a 98 degrees fucking uproar in the buffering, <laughs> buffering crew. Okay, anyway, yes, let's play the game. Oh, my God. Okay. Are you starting or am I? Um, this isn't fair, by the way. Jenny has invented the game, so it's had advance notice. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's very obvious ones at B and C. So in the interest and of... And W. Mm, yes. <laughs> We'll never exactly. get to W. We'll never get to W. But let's see. Um, you know what I think Spike's got in his grocery bag? What does he have, Jenny? I think Spike has some Kraft single sliced American cheese. Wow, that's I think disgusting. it's a guilty pleasure. That yeah. Is I think he's no offense. I think he's watching his little soap operas peeling his oh God, single that, wrapped the slices. Thinnest. If you don't know American cheese uh, singles, if you don't, you don't yeah. understand that everyone who does know American cheese singles is viscerally feeling the thinness of the cellophane or whatever yes. the fuck they rubbed in. It was like the weirdest. It was like kind of like it was the cheese until you. Yeah, you could it. accidentally like eat it. Sure. It was like a sticker backing except for on mm -hmm. cheese. Um, yes. Well, great for me because he probably has some blood in that bag. Probably. Oh, wow. I thought you would say beer. No. No, I think that he went to the fucking grocery store and then he swung by the fucking. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, I know that he's got cigarettes because they're sticking out of the bag. Yeah. Okay. So that leaves me with the letter that is unclear. A D. So um, I think that he probably has... You know what I think he fucking has in that grocery bag? Mm. Some goddamn Dunkaroos. I think. Wow. That when I think that when he isn't in the mood for American cheese singles, he wants mm. to take a little Dunkaroo out while he watches his All programs right. and, and All right. Dunk, yeah, All right. I mean? little crunch. Well, yeah. You know, you know he's also got a box of Twinings Earl Grey tea yeah, I mean, in there, British, obviously. 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 Um, you know what? He probably picked up some Fritos for Clem. <laughs> he's a good yeah. guy. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. Very good, good. He Clem's doesn't want something. you to know it, but he's thinking of Clem. He is. And Clem seems like a Fritos man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we will make it to W. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I think he's probably also got some Gatorade because, you know, because he... I'm giving a face right now. He's doing a lot. You think that crunches. a vampire needs electrolytes? I think they can't hurt and they might help. <laughs> All right, fine. Well, what better to use Gatorade to wash down for than a ho-ho, which is definitely in that bag. <laughs> I don't know how this Can turns into... Like, I feel like this is so revealing that, like, you and I were definitely, like, raised lower middle class. <laughs> Like just, it's it's definitely it's, it's definitely this is speaks a, to at least to a time a time and a budget a time and a, a time and a budget. budget you're eating fucking craft singles and ho hos oh yes um I think he's actually got some I think he's got some ice I think he's got some ice because his 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 fridge is plugged into God knows what okay okay and he's who knows a, if it's on the fritz so he might be cooling his 
chill box mm. with some actual Ooh. the analog way Ooh. with some ice. You know what he fucking has? He bought some fucking box jello because he's not making it for jello. He's using the gelatin for the blood to make blood jello for wow. dessert, motherfuckers. Wow. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's very good. I like that a lot. Thank you. Um, he's also got a box of Kleenex for oh, when he watches oh. his soap operas. And because his heart is broken. Yeah. I literally have no idea what letter comes after K. L. <laughs> cool. Well, I don't have an L, so I lose. L is for <gasps> Kristen loses. Um, I love that. That's my favorite thing L has ever stood for. Wow. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> but we know that he also has Weedabix in that fucking bag. Uh, that oh, was, yeah. He's that got Weedabix. And the M was for Morley cigarettes. Oh, yeah. you said cigarettes for a C. So, you know, write us. You know, if you have other letters of the alphabet, let us know. Personally, I will be retiring on the genius that is uh, blood jello. But yeah, that was very a very good idea. Thank you. Not just for Spike, for all of for us. For everyone, right? Yeah. Yeah. To get you protein. All right. If anybody out there has any scientific data on the um, solidification properties of blood when introduced into Jello, if you have acquired this data by, you know, virtuous means, Mm -hmm. uh, do write in at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com and let us know. But if you acquire this data by by evil means, please do not write in. Thank you. (laughs) Would have to be like pretty thin blood, you know. You don't want mm. any like clotty. I've heard it's thicker than water, and that's because- the usual liquid that gets involved with Jello. True. <laughs> wow. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. 
New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Okay. All right. So Buffy is in the cemetery in yet another beanie that matches her jacket. This time it's tan and tan. She's a woman of many beanies. I mean, seriously, she's got like a stack of beanies and a a whole closet for her jackets. Like just a whole Mm -hmm. closet. Sorry, Mm Dawn. I know you bought her a stole her a jacket but she's got enough bud she's got a lot spike has not heard about what has happened at the wedding so he is like did you cry and she's like oh you didn't hear but then she kind of like it mostly is weird that spike doesn't know because clem was there for the whole thing (laughs) have they not hung out (sighs) oh he would have told him tonight over fritos and ho-hos uh right right so buffy sits down and start this is like this is like this thing where you like have broken up with somebody, but you already have a familiarity. So even though you've broken up with them, you like default, like Buffy totally defaults. She like immediately sits down next to him and is like, yeah, it was like this thing and it was really blah and like blickety blah. And they're kind of like sharing yeah. a familiar moment. Spike, fuck you. Some people can't see a good thing when they got it, he says. Well, I know, but the man is stung. He is. Uh, but then Xander and Willow roll up and Xander tells Spike to run along, which prompts Spike to immediately deploy the ammunition he has just come across <laughs> by calling Xander the king of the big exit. Uh, very different from the king of wishful thinking. <laughs> very, very different. <laughs> so Willow is like, let's release whatever manly thing is happening here. Yeah. Let's... I, I think that if Willow had possession of the patriarchy's jingle, she would have played it in this moment. So I'm going to play it for her. The patriarchy! <laughs> After Willow, like, sort of, like, breaks this situation up, they, Spike and Xander, both have, like, names for each other, which are both, Jenny, you might know what, like, is there a, a word for when things have the same first letter? Uh, like, it's alliteration, is that? Yeah, it would be alliterative nicknames. Alliterative, sure. alliterative nicknames. Xander, Xander calls Spike Willy Wannabite. And... <laughs> Spike calls Xander pathetic poof. Poof? Poof? Oh, oh dear. Yes. It's homophobic, but it's alliterative. It, in Pride Month! It's not. It's but July the gays do love cares. alliteration. <laughs> it's Angelina July, Jenny. Oh, right, right, right. So Xander punches Spike and Buffy collapses, and we get our third flash sideways to the fucking mental institution. Yes, Jenny. One moment. I also wanted to mention that uh, Spike, just like I've been saying for months, years, <laughs> Spike says, uh, after he says that thing about like friggin' Xander and Nanya and whatever, he says, let's not listen to Spike. Oh, Might get yeah. a bit of truth on you. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you said that because it's true. <laughs> mm. It's true. <laughs> he does deliver the truth. And I mean, if we're being real about life, most of us don't want to hear the truth. Uh, yeah, get that out of here. Get it, yeah, get it out of here. 
So um, we go back to the institution. Buffy, can you mm-hmm. hear me? Um, Sunnydale, none of that is real. You've been here for six years. Specific number. We'll get information on it shortly. There's a very brief flashback to the cemetery, and then we go back again. And now we have some new people here at the mental institution. Oh, God. It's Hank and Joyce Summers. Together? Oh, no. Yeah, they seem friendly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem like the idealized version, the perfect idealized version yes. of your parents you'd want to encounter yes. in a alternate reality they're like that's the, trying to lure like you away from your Sears real reality. Photo parents, you know, like dad behind mom, mm-hmm. right? Like a very photogenic, heteronormative kind of situation. And yep, Joyce says, "Welcome home, sweetie." Ugh. Buffy's like, "Mom." dad and the doctor is like keep talking um they're like we missed you stay with us this is so fucked up i like during like i mean listen this episode is is really fucked for a lot of reasons okay but what i'm talking about specifically right now is just that this girl lost her mother then had to go through dying and coming back and suffering that loss all over again, then had to go through tabula rasa, forgetting that she fucking lost her mom and then remembering Mm. again. And now she's here seeing her mom and we'll get a scene with her shortly where she's reaching to touch her mom and has to kind of make the decision to leave that space. Like how many times can this fucking person go through this trauma it's it's so much i'm upset <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway we go back to the cemetery xander and willow take buffy home and spike is left there with his bag full of ho-hos and fritos oh my god and ice you were probably right because he says put ice on her neck she likes that exactly wow you didn't even know you were right so oh, I get a half point for that shit. <laughs> amazed at how often I'm right without even knowing it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they go back home and Buffy's running down like the whole hospital business for Willow, Xander, and Don. Xander comes up with a pretty hilarious list of reasons that Sunnydale is mi- perhaps the less <laughs> probable reality. Uh, and then when Dawn hears that Hank and Joyce were there, she's like, What? Yeah. And Willow's like, okay, research mode. Let's uh, rally. Yeah. Let's round up the wagons. Yeah. The things in this scene. Well, so this scene contains one of the punch, what I uh, would like to posit as a punch up line because Buffy is. So Sarah Michelle Geller, and I will say this uh, beginning here, although she's been great up till here, but this is the moment in the episode where her acting is so good that I can barely stand to witness it. Um, mm-hmm. She really is embodying a person who does not know which is their reality, what is yeah. reality in a way that is so vulnerable and so fragile. And we don't see her like this and we don't see her like giving information like that, like this sit down down talk this is not a scene that we get in the show you know like not often where it's just Mm -hmm. like I've been this is what I've been going through and this is what happened it's very very serious and Xander 
She says like they the the gross waxy demon poked me and Xander's like when you say poked and Willow Willow is all of us and like looks at him like dude f- fucking like, is now the re- time for this joke and it's and it's not and that's why like I I whoever put it in here it's just it's not appropriate and it's not appropriate given the performance that we're getting from Sarah Michelle Gellar like you would not yeah. fucking make a joke if you were sitting in the room with Buffy. And this is what she was giving to you. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, and the other thing that I wanted to say is just that she says, Sarah Michelle Gellar in this scene, um, that they said, right, the people in the other reality said that none of this was real, which I feel mm-hmm. like is just really the seed for her, like the core of it all. You know, she has two groups of people, both equally believable in like her reality they feel tangible and real in both places and both places are saying the other one isn't real yeah i hate that hate it so anyway she has another uh flash over to the doctor's office now they've moved into the doctor's office and the doctor says this is a phrase that i've never heard and now that I'm saying it, I can't remember if this f- specific phrase came up in the special episode. Um, undifferentiated type of schizophrenia. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's important. So the special episode and this episode, we are not getting into like a medical conversation because we right. can't. And yeah. The, and there are there are several of you all who are psychiatrists and psychologists who wrote in with this knowledge. But we just sort of like had to make a choice on like what this podcast space was was for and like how to do things responsibly. Um, and so, yeah, he does. He's, he talks about delusions. He talks about schizophrenia. He, he says something like the lattice work of. And I think that, you know, based on our conversation with Sarah and like her conversation with people she knows, that some of this is like some of these words are obviously rooted in reality. We know schizophrenia is obviously a real thing. Um, but I don't think that the, I, I think I think a show that had uh, the awareness it needed to have about mental health would never have delivered this episode unto us this way. Mm-hmm. So I think that we are to take all of this with some grains of salt. Um, and also, I just want to double down on the fact that, like, we are not here to. Uh, debunk or discuss like the medical terms used and their validity right, or right. the treatments used in their validity that's not what that's not what we are capable of doing what is interesting is that he does mention right that she's created this like world of of friends and enemies to support her primary delusion yes. and that she actually inserted a sister rewriting a yeah. lot of the story you know some years into it and then he mentions he's speaking directly to buffy your friends haven't been as comforting mm-hmm. lately. These things you created to make yourself comfortable haven't been working lately. Mm-hmm. Your world is starting to kind of like fall apart over there, isn't it? Which is not untrue. Right. Well, and like the way that the episode positions this, we are afraid that this is her reality, mm-hmm. that she has been institutionalized for six years and that everything we've seen is not true. But it is also positioned where there's some really decent truth to the fact that Buffy 
is wanting the things that exist in this other world. Like, I think it's reversed in a lot of ways for her. Not that she doesn't want her friends, not that she doesn't want to be the slayer, but that she wants her mom back. And she wants a dad who gives a fuck about her or her fucking mom. You know, that she, like... These are these are things that she is missing. And I think that that that's important and that's interesting. I just think I just think the ending of this episode really like hammered home all of the irresponsible things that it did. So, yeah. Um, Meanwhile, at Nerd Herd HQ. Well, hold on, though. No, because how we get to Nerd Herd is that the other thing that the doctor says is. You used to create really big demons, and now it's just three pathetic little men. Uh, Spot the lie. Uh, not a lie, but also, guess what? They're a pretty big fucking demon, these these three together. Yeah. Uh, Andrew and Warren are coming back to the HQ with Chekhov's mysterious boxes. <laughs> what could they contain? It's none of your business in this episode. Uh, Jonathan is fucked up in this scene like you can really see the effects of murder on jonathan yeah he's not doing well Mm -mm. they won't tell him what's in the what's in the box (laughs) and he tries to leave 12 monkeys (laughs) yeah uh seven seven no monkeys just seven damn it what happens in 12 monkeys Uh, there's an outbreak we've seen a river runs through it. Oh, we know what's in the box. Wow. <laughs> Is Brad Pitt in A River Runs Through It? Yes. Or are you thinking of Legends of the Fall? Oh. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Jonathan uh. tries to leave headquarters. <laughs> and I think, I firmly believe that Jonathan wants to leave this basement and go find Buffy and tell her what's up because he is coming apart at the seams. He is unspooling. Uh. But Warren stops him. Also, Jonathan is wearing a little shirt that I'm pretty sure says Golden Eagle and has a little Golden Eagle's head on it. And it is truly great. And if anyone has this shirt or knows where I can find it, please let us know. Thank you. I I'm just rooted in myself. Just just eviscerating Brad Pitt's uh I've seen interview with the vampire. Of course (laughs) I know what's in the box. (laughs) I've seen once upon a time in Hollywood. I know what's in the box. Oh, um, just to what give us one other pop culture reference and one that did make me giggle. Um, Andrew, so they're looking at like a vault or whatever, and Andrew's like, I still really think we need eight other guys. And Warren is like, I should have never let you watch that movie. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a nice Ocean's oh, I Eleven. That. Great, yeah, it's, it's, a nice, <laughs> it's a nice moment. Okay. So we're back at the Summers house and Buffy is looking at photos, um, specifically a photo of both of her parents and her when she's little. This is the Buffy that we saw when when she was, I mean, really, that was also related to her mental health, right? Like when she was sort of going to a place that felt safe for her and she was a little kid and she had the doll and it was a whole thing. Dawn was being brought home and this is that Buffy in the picture. So she's looking at that and then Willow comes down this is probably the most uh, upsetting part for me in the episode is because Willow is like, we found the demon and the antidote is in its stinger. And you know that for Buffy, 
there is no longer a tether to either reality. So she mm-hmm. can't believe in this and she can't believe in that. And and it, and she's just yeah. like she says. She says, I feel so lost. Yeah. Uh, and this is where we find out, Buffy tells Willow, mm-hmm. that uh, she did stay in an institution for a couple of weeks back when she first saw her first vampires, uh, a.k.a. before the TV series. Right. Uh, and... You know, she was there for a couple weeks and then she just stopped talking about vampires and they let her go. And eventually her parents just forgot. Right. But and then she she says, oh, no. And then she says, yes. What if I'm still there? Yes. The worst thing I've ever heard on television. Literally. That's that's the thing is that like now she I mean, she's just lost. She's just lost the tether to reality and we've lost the tether to reality and that is what is so fucked up about this fucking episode i was thinking when i was watching it today like what would it be like to watch just this episode like if you didn't have Mm. a connection to the characters if you hadn't been invested in the show and i don't know that it would be that fucking traumatic to watch but it's the fact that we've been watching this story for years we have formulated our fucking inner self our fucking philosophies, some of our strengths, some of what gets us up in the morning on the story that this show is telling and the flippant just dismissal of that in this episode Mm. is what's so fucked up. And I mentioned this in the um, episode that we have with Sarah and Alba, but the, Mm -hmm. when you hear Joss and Marty Noxon talk side by side about it, I think some of the patriarchy jumps right out at you because he's just like, whatever like crazy right this totally it could be anything and marty noxon's like well i mean um no we're not undoing the festival so i'm paraphrasing for both of course but i do think that man maybe at this point in the series we care more about buffy than the creator of the show me okay now onward and upward mm. To two men. That is, yes, that's Working true. side by side. You know how things can get kind of sexy. They love to hunt. They're working, hunting, you know. With with your friend who is <laughs> compactly muscled. Uh, <laughs> so compact. Spike and Santa are hunting a demon together. And um, Spike is just kind of like very casually raw, running off at the mouth about... Um, why he thinks Buffy would love for this to be a fake reality because mm. uh, she made him fall in love with her and then made <laughs> him her sex slave. And Zeta's like, wait, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Spike says, maybe there's an alternate reality where you didn't leave Anya at the altar. And we're like, ooh. And then these boys channel all this rage and pent up aggression to beat down a demon together yeah spike sees the demon and he says you didn't say he was a glar gagash monarch i i wrote it out phonetically for myself still probably didn't get it xander's like that's because i can't say all of those things and then they (laughs) fight the demon i want to point out before we get to them fighting this demon that uh spike says something which we talk a little bit about in the in this bonus episode which is that he pins buffy's state on being self-centered we'll probably talk about it a little more later when spike is in her room but like the yeah that's a bad vibe Mm -hmm, that's a bad vibe 
Uh, Xander fights really well. Xander fights really well. He does a good. He shoots two darts into this guy, uh, nails both, doesn't hit Spike either time. Hmm. And then he's he wants to impress his boyfriend just a little bit uh, more. Yes. So he's like, I altered his reality, and Spike is nice. just trying not to laugh, just mm. trying to be like grumpy old Spike when he really uh-huh. wants to kiss him. Oh my god. We're working um, hard. We're working hard, guys. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. We're trying. We're trying. Dawn brings Buffy some tea. Mm. And she's looking for evidence anywhere she can find it. She says, I should be taller than you. Just basic reasoning. That's she's the not... older sister, so she should be taller. My sister is taller than me. She's younger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Older doesn't mean taller. Hell math. Hell Then she starts saying, like, you've got to start getting better grades. Has Willow been doing your chores for you? She says coming apart. She's sort of connecting dots, though I'm not sure she's connecting them in the order we need her to. And this is, it's just fucking sad. And she has another, it's sad because Dawn is really so concerned. um, Mm -hmm. And just, like, concerned in a way that we don't often see Dawn either. She has another flash sideways. This is her sixth. I kept count. And she's like with Joyce. And Joyce says, you don't have a sister. Say it. Then she's like, we just want to take you home. Joyce, you know, we just want to take you home. We want to take care of you. And Buffy reaches for Joyce. This really, this is not something I, I would have like probably noticed if we didn't watch the body so many times and talk about it <laughs> for so long. But she does reach for Joyce in a way that reminded me of how Dawn reaches for Joyce at the end of the body. And what's really interesting about that is that she reaches for Joyce and then flashes back to her room and she's now reaching for Dawn. Mm. I don't know. Y'all figure it out. We're not smart. Well, I'm not smart. I can't speak mm. for Jenny. <laughs> of course. Of course. Dawn would hear her sister who's really having a hard time I saying, know. I don't have a sister and take it so personally. It's your ideal reality and I'm not even a part of it. Oh, she Dawn. stomps. Dawn, no. I know. It's like a part of me has space for this because Dawn is 15. She hasn't yet learned how to like uh, put put various traumas on scales and decide mm. which one is going to weigh out this time. So fair. Mm. But I do think this would have been um, a much more appropriate response if it happened after what happens between them because you know and maybe not maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, doing a disservice to Dawn because the, the truth is that Dawn was a mystical ball of energy that was inserted into their lives and that probably carries a massive amount of insecurity about the fact that even though they have memories of her she wasn't really there so like right this is probably pushing buttons for her should she have stayed and supported Buffy of course but I, I'm gonna make space for her so I've now started referring to the demon as Gargar. Gargar's chained up <laughs> and in the basement. Nice. Mm-hmm. Let's get that antidote. Let's go. All right. So I got a question. Yeah. Why the fuck aren't we calling Tara at this point to make this antidote and not take 12 hours to do so? Great point. It's no a answer. perfect way for you to flirt with the girl you want to flirt with. It's mm-hmm. a great way to get Buffy fucking saved a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Call Tara. It's foolish. Foolish. 
Um, they make the healing sauce. <laughs> Willow brings it to Buffy. And Buffy's like, you never stop coming through. Thanks, Willow. And then Willow says, Spike, who's just come in. Make sure she drinks all of this. Uh-huh. And Buffy has no interest in what Spike thinks about what she should do with that liquid. She says, you're not a part of my life, GTFO. Yeah. Um, you never stop coming through is a very, very powerful moment between Willow and Buffy. Like it's And it's given that space in the show. Um, it's, it's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and Willow leaving Spike, I, like I understand that there's like sort of an inherent trust for for certain things with Spike, but I just, I just, just I seems like mm-hmm. he's not the guy to make sure it happens, right? Uh, and yeah, Spike says a, a lot of stuff here. He's it's not great. No, he says, I hope you don't think that the antidote will relieve you of your martyrdom. Uh, So he's sort of playing that same card of like, this is you feeling bad for yourself. This is you having like a hero complex, not helpful at all. I mean, he doesn't really know the extent of what she's hearing on the other side, but still this is like not supportive and not good at all. And then he expounds on this um, and says like you're not I was wrong about you you're not drawn to the dark you're actually addicted to misery oh Spike that's why you won't tell your friends he's basically saying like she won't go all the way in either direction that if she tells her friends that they've been sleeping together they're either going to accept her and then she's going to have to admit that she wants to keep sleeping with him or they're going to be like fuck off and then she will just cut them out of her life and keep sleeping with them. I think in both scenarios, Spike believes that they continue sleeping together. They'll keep going um, to Bone Town. Right. Let yourself live and stop with the hero ship, is what he says. And um, that is, Oof. that's fucked up. It's really then fucked he up. he also says, tell your friends about us or I will. Yeah. Is now the time for this conversation if you really believe no. you need to have it, Spike? It really isn't. No. I'm like, I mean, Spike with the emotional intelligence, I want to really believe that he would have known that now is not the time, but he didn't. And he's felt really left out. It's like he's felt like this person oh, yeah. who he loves is in danger mm-hmm. and not okay. And no one knows that he cares and he can't like say that he cares and express that he cares and he can't like take care of her. Still not excusable, but I think that's where he's rooted. Uh, He huffs out, and then Buffy dumps the liquid antidote. It is barely liquid. It's into the plastic bag-lined trash can. It is almost blood jello that comes out of the cup. Wow! This. Go to the sink, girl. Go to the toilet. Thank God there was one of those teeny tiny little garbage bags in that. Fucking... <laughs> you remember those? I don't. Do people use those still? Those little teeny tiny bathroom garbage bags? I don't use them. Yes, I do. Do you really? Like you yeah. buy the like teeny tiny garbage bags? Hey, that's right. Oh wow, that's cute. Okay, so people do because one of them is here. We're a fifty-fifty split. So. so sorry. Your scientific study is complete. Fifty percent of people um... do. <laughs> Uh, we go back to the hospital and the doctor's kind of telling Buffy she's going to have to let go of her friends, the anchors that are sort of tethering her to the Sunnydale reality. Yeah. And notably, she goes back 
and says, I don't want to go back there. I want to be healthy. And that is because of Spike. Right. Because of how she feels about her and Spike. Right. Well, and because, because, but, I mean, you know, yes, it's Spike, but it's also that Spike is representative of so much for her. And, like, that is the biggest button she's got, and he's pushed it. So, Oh, he's pushed it many times, man. Man, no. Knocked down a whole fucking house with that. 1080p HGTV. (laughs) So she's like, get me the fuck out of here. I'd rather be in this world where my parents are together and alive and care about me and... Mm. Yeah, it's sort of given this like your friends. So th- that's another notable thing in this very, very quick moment is that he is he essentially says like your friends were what brought you back. Like we are led to believe that when Buffy died at the end of season five in this reality, that was her coming back to that reality. Right. And being there for however long. Ugh. And then it was her friends that brought her to this not true reality like I that, it. that and I that it. yeah it's all really fucked up and listen I, I like I think we'll we'll say it in the intro or what have you but I just want to make sure that y- you know that we talk a lot in the bonus episode about the portrayal of mental health in television and in media and specifically this episode and what it does to us and how it um, informs us as human beings of like what we think about people who have mental illness and how it is right. not responsible and not okay to have put this storyline this way in this show. Certainly very irresponsible to also have ended things like this. It's like you-, you need to kill your friends um, for a million reasons. And we we get into that much, much more in that bonus episode. We're trying this thing where like, we try to have as much fun as we can in the episodic conversations for those of you who don't want to walk through some of the trauma that we mm-hmm. collectively carry, um, but also giving you the uh, deeper dive on some of those issues. So, th- so that's what's happening. Um, back at the Summer's house. The pace kicks up. Oof. Buffy comes downstairs and Will is like, it'll be good to see you healthy. And Buffy's like, Hmm. Then we have an interesting cut to Xander coming in and nobody's around in the house and he's all showered and then Buffy clocks him in the face with a frying pan and soon he is dragged down to the basement to be hogtied alongside Willow. And mm, this moment of, of Xander saying, Willow, what? And then passing out on the basement floor is, I think, kind of funny. I think... It's not a great acting moment. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's mm, my official. That's fair. As uh, you know, it's, uh, it's very, uh, it's kind of campy. I told you that, that I barely make it through. So I, yeah, I wasn't paying any attention. But um, yes. Also, notably, uh, Willow says, no more cuckoo's nest. Uh, we'll talk about that in the bonus episode. But I just want to say, because if you don't listen to that, like, cuckoo's nest is, yeah, of course, most of us know the film. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest, but cuckoo's nest is also a term that's used for um, the vehicle in media where the viewer is led to believe that everything they've known to be true has not been true the whole time. So there's kind of like a meta thing happening with that line from Willow. All right, let's go get Dawn. 
Uh, Dawn's assassin. She's trying to go to Janice's where they actually want her around. Oh, Dawn. Uh, and then Buffy. Oh, no. So terrifying. You're going downstairs with the others. Oof. It's the only way I can get healthy. Ah! This is where we get, like, real horror movie. Like, we, yeah. we turn a hard corner to, like, horror movie music, horror movie cinematography. Like, very, very scary shit. Also, Dawn, like... She's like pissed. She's like, don't you knock? And then she like takes one look at Buffy and immediately changes course and is like, are you okay? Um, you don't seem okay. So now we're running. Now we're running. Dawn is running. She's in the bathroom. Buffy kicks the fucking door open. Dawn is gone because, as we know, the summer's bathroom upstairs connects both to the bedroom and the hallway. Oh and so Dawn's in the room. She's looped around. She's in the bedroom, the doorway of Willow, now Willow's bedroom, formerly Joyce's bedroom. And she is appealing to reason, which is not going to be an effective tactic, but also is a heartbreaking tactic. Yeah. I'm right here. You're my sister. I need you. I love you. You have to feel that somewhere. And then Buffy, counterpoint, (laughs) is like, what's fucking more real? Uh, A girl who is sick or one who saves the world and sleeps with a vampire she hates? Gasp. Now she's oh, told Dawn. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Now she's told Dawn, although Dawn doesn't seem to really take yeah, it in. Yeah, Dawn doesn't really clock it. Um, Yep, 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 yep. Soon enough, down Dawn goes to the basement with the others, tied up and with her mouth duct-taped closed. This, too, is the moment I was referring to where Dawn is, like, the most traumatized because she's on the floor, pinned down by her sister, and she's saying, Buffy, I'm real. Which, like, ooh. Yeah, it's not great. Mm -mm. So, flash sideways to the hospital. The doctor is encouraging Buffy to take her time and make it as easy on herself as she possibly can. Back in Sunnydale, Buffy moves to the Mm. demon to undo his little chains. And did you notice the demon's little shoulder shimmy once the (laughs) chains were undone? He does a little shimmy to get them to fall off all sexy. As though he. As though he were wearing a a sexy little have, like, piece of negligee. He does have like little like feather. If they're not, yeah. Feather, what's going on like a, there? It's a hell of a look. Yeah, he's got a look. It almost looks like he has like a boa on, but not made of feathers, made of like entrails, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Right. Also, why do we assume it's a he? No idea. Oh, yeah, the great question um, because of the patriarchy. But oh, we won't right. Get the single again. <laughs> So fight ensues in the basement. Ding dong. It's Tara at the hospital. Joyce says, keep concentrating. Whatever it is, it's not real. In Sunnydale, Sanders says, help me. And then Tara busts in, frees the tied up people with a spell and then throws a shelf of like paint cans uh, with a different spell at the demon. Hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joyce in the hospital saying, you know, you have a world of strength in your heart believe in yourself i know you can do this like come back to us and buffy's like thanks mom and also goodbye no oh god it's none of it's all bad actually it Kristen. really is there's like the, the like most heart-wrenching moments for me in this sequence one is after because buffy like grabs tara's foot through the like gap in the stairs to trip mm-hmm. her 
and that moment she's like ter- like she's in so much pain because she is hurting her friends they are calling out for her Xander is like Buffy please help us and she has like tucked herself like as far away as she can get like under the stairs in the corner and every time we flash sideways um to where Joyce is she's saying the names of the people that she hasn't helped that she isn't helping it is horrible it is so horrible I'm so sorry that I have to talk about this in your ears it's really 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 sad and the thing that I love um about Joyce being the one to say this is that like if you really flip it right like the the most obvious read I think is Joyce is saying you've got people who love you believe in yourself and she's like right my friends fucking love me and I need to believe in myself and I can fight for them yeah but the other thing I mean there's probably 50 ways you could interpret it but the other way that I interpreted it was that Joyce says you've got people who love you will always be with you believe mm-hmm. in yourself and oh god it hurts it, and it's it, good it hurts in a good way though like i do think that we have sort of seen buffy process the trauma of not having her mom but i think that like the reality of losing a parent losing a mother is that like that trauma resurfaces in many ways many times and I think that like this is a message that Buffy did really need to get from Joyce yeah that's oh what a good point hey this episode actually does something it does yeah I like at least at least through that lens I think it's important um you know what else it does (laughs) what does it do Buffy's kicking ass Buffy's taking names Buffy punches a hole in the wax demon. <laughs> she comes out yeah. with like a full like alien goo hand after yeah, that fight. Hell yeah. It's good. Then she apologizes to her friends and she says, I'm not going anywhere until I sip my delicious antidote. <laughs> and she already knows the consistency, so she's yeah. really committed to Hey, maybe it's here. like a smoothie. It didn't look like a smoothie, Jenny. Um. Okay, and then here's the real fuck you. Yeah. Here's the real That's literally fuck my, you. My scene, my like scene location, it was like Buffy's basement and the last scene location is just fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor is putting light in Buffy's eyes saying I'm afraid we lost her. No. No. Uh, unsubscribe, actually. Yeah. Not yeah. from our podcast, but from this scene. This scene. Like, because this episode would have fucked up shit with mental health and the way we perceive it. And that, oh, oh, it did some fucked up shit. But it could have been better if we didn't at least end here. We should have yeah. never ended here. And at first, before my friend on Twitter was like, uh, you're probably triggered for dis- dissociation. Like, that's probably what's happening mm-hmm. for you. Part of what I thought, and I'm sure like all things are true, is also that I'm a woman and it is still... And I'm like, I'm a cisgender white woman, right? So like I'm walking with plenty of privilege, but I'm still a woman. And I don't think that we're far enough away from a time when uh, women were just simply told, you're crazy. You have to be put away. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. And that like Mm -hmm. nothing that they said or did would be fucking believed. And like, I think that there's some of that inside of me as well. That's like, you can't do this. You can't take a show that that is said to exist 
to let us believe that we do have the power, that we can get up and stand uh. up and fight. You cannot take that and then make a mockery of it and make a joke of it and use the vehicle of mental illness as the way to say maybe it's not all real because that is playing on every fucking trauma that we have experienced historically over time. It's not okay. Yeah, no it's good. not okay. Jenny no and I good. are recording this episode at night and I feel like it's bringing out a, a deeper uh, piece of my Italian soul. Yeah, you're going for it. <laughs> you're really going for it. I'm just mad. I'm so mad about this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One thing I want to say, because I know that you have just sexual tension just building. It's just building. It's ready to Boy, I, 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 pop I, I, out through your fucking eyes. But I, one thing I want to say is that when Buffy stands up in the basement, um, when she says, like, you're right to Joyce, thank you, goodbye, she stands up, she kills the demon, there's actually a hero shot um, that's done. Like, it comes mm-hmm. up from below her. And I thought it was really interesting because at the beginning of this season, I incorrectly talked about, uh, I think it was the beginning of the season, I incorrectly talked about oh, the hero yeah, shot. Oh, yeah, Buffy hero Buffy. shot, but it's actually the Buffy bot. Right, but it's actually the Buffy bot. And so I just thought it was interesting that this moment, mm. I don't know if we got any others in the season so far. I don't think we have, but... Maybe this signifies Buffy really coming back to herself. Yeah, I think that I think that we can maybe look at it as significant. So. Yeah, so the rest of the season will just... Just be, uh, be fun and only a good time. Yeah, we did it. And speaking of both a good time and doing it, <laughs> it's time for the Sexual Tension Awards. a very very interesting episode for sexual tension in fact i think maybe for the first time in sexual tension award history every single (laughs) every single slot is full of the exact same two noms and then one variant thruple there's no way that this is the first time we've done this there's no Mm, way we made it through season three without a buffy faith i call upon the power of emily mclongstreet to (laughs) tell me immediately if i'm full of shit (laughs) but i'm gonna go with this is the first time we've ever done this here we go in the first slot if you please i please it's spike it's xander and it's releasing a manly thing in slot number two, your noms are Spike, <laughs> Xander, and alliterative nicknames. <laughs> In slot number three, it's Spike, Xander, and getting a bit of truth on you. <laughs> and in slot number four, if you dare, it's Spike, Xander, and altering his reality. Wow. Nice. My, like, face hurts from laughing and smiling through that segment, Jenny. I can't uh, wait to see what your emojis are going to be on, on the Twitter poll where you can cast your vote in our beautiful democracy. Make your voice heard. The uh, poll will be live for one week following the publishment of this episode. Uh, so find us on Twitter at BufferingCast and let us know who you think had the most sexual tension and why it was Spike, Xander, and fill in the blank. Yeah, please do. Also, please know that one day when I have all the time in the world, I will make you a video of the <laughs> amount of shoulder shimmying that Jenny How did. Fucking while dare you delivering that. For, My shoulder for shimmy me is a and private... only me. It was only yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only it's audience just for us. member. It's a company shimmy shake. <laughs> Sh- shoulder shake. Oh god. Shoulder shimmy. There we go. All right. Well, that's been sexual tension. Da ba da ba. Sexual tension. 
know you've been waiting since we started taping the episode for me to say these words, but I guess that's the end of this episode. Oh my God. Thank God. You know that Miley Cyrus song that's like, the climb, you know? Yes, it's all about the climb. It's all about the climb. We are like, just hit play on that fucking song. We're going to be playing it until September. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Yes. Like slowly, precariously making our way up this fucking wall. (laughs) We're doing it. We're doing doing it. it. We're doing it. Um, Yeah. So... Hey, we did normal again. I made a promise to Twitter that I would never watch this episode again, which means that if we start again at the beginning of Buffy the Vampire Slayer with spoilers, we're just going to skip this one. No, you can just watch it again and not, and I'll remember can, what I remember. Yeah. But I'm not watching. I'm, that's it. I'm done. Lifetime. Cool. Lifetime promise. Okay. Well, <laughs> can't wait for that blessed day to arrive. Until then, I am Jenny Owen Youngs. And when I'm not watching Buffy and making this podcast with Kristen, doing some other stuff uh first of all i make another podcast with my friend helen zaltzman called veronica mars investigations and we are nearing the end of our series run so if you haven't checked it out now is a great time i also make a lot of songs i make them for me i write them for other people uh, i'm in a band let me give you the full rundown you can find out about me at jennyowenyoungs.com you can give me a shout on twitter at jennyowenyoungs you can check out my newest release which is called echo mountain you can check out it's my good bands. Shirt. You should buy the shirt. I have the shirt. It's a good shirt. I come out. <laughs> okay. Sorry. You could you could check out my band's latest single and brand new music video for Skinny Dipping, uh, which features a lot of people actually kind of skinny dipping. Um, I can tell by the way you said that that it is not you. <laughs> hell no, it's not me. There's a scene where the band steps up to the edge of the pool. And the treatment was like, and then you each take your shirts off. Don't worry, we'll cut it, but you'll like to. And I was like, cool, I'm going to wear one button down shirt and then one vest that is fully buttoned as well. So. <laughs> like a, literally the opposite of Angel. <laughs> exactly. Four I'm like the anti oops And you'll unbutton yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and the other business that I got up to kind of recently that might interest our listeners is I recorded a very creepy cover of the Sinatra classic Witchcraft, Witchcraft. which has been used in the season two promo for uh, Motherland Fort Salem, which is a show about, among other things, gay witches, but also because Pride Month has been running in their little Instagram ads that are very focused on the two girls who love to kiss each other and i'm all like witchcraft and they're like smooch uh so check out look out for that on instagram you know whether you like it or not jenny own young's has been the soundtrack to ladies kissing each other for at least 15 years i'm high-fiving myself yeah grandma (laughs) the fuck Sorry, I just I felt like I complimented you so much during that that I had to like get you one, had to do something. Sure, sure, one dig sure. In. Um, I am Kristen Russo. You can learn more about me on my website, kristinnoline.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. What else do you do? You ask. Well, um, <laughs> I've worked with LGBTQIA plus communities for also over a decade because I too, like Jenny, am a grandma, and um, I've been doing a ton of workplace events. It, it has been June, so it is a it is a high time for people talking about um, being LGBTQ, how to be an ally in the workplace, and notably, honestly, most of my talks that I did were for parents um, who have LGBTQ kids and wanted to talk with each other and with me about that. Mm, Jenny, mm. I just have one small story to tell you about the <gasps> event that I did today, actually. Tell me this everything. Taping. 
because I, this was like a, uh, I did like an event slash moderation thing. Like I was like doing an event, but also like then moderating some parents who wanted to share their stories. And one of them was this mom who was in her 60s and she was like, talking about using they them pronouns and she was talking about using they them pronouns because another parent was like really vulnerably talking about struggling with using they them pronouns for their kid and um this mom like a mom whose kid uses they them pronouns and was also on the call was like well you know we're still working on it but one thing i did was i put post-it notes over all the pictures of my kid in the house that said like they love to go swimming they love this trip Oh my god! I know. I, I that's why I'm sharing it. I like. I like almost lost it. I was like, "You're a, being a professional. You have to continue to moderate this thing." But I was like ready to weep because I've never heard of anyone doing that, and it is such a good idea, and it is so wow, beautiful. Yeah. And this yeah. mom was just like, "So every time I saw the picture, I like was internalizing them with they." I know. No. So anyway, um, you can learn about the things I do at workplaces and the places that I cry when parents tell me about the incredible things that they do for their kids um, over at Kristen Olean. And that spelling will take you to my Twitter and my Instagram as well. I also do a podcast uh, that's for patrons of Buffering and for the Storm called Feels Like the First Time, and it is the month of July, which means it is Angelina July, and Jenny, Hell I yeah, three is. Angelina films I've never seen before that I'm watching in succession. Oh my God, and they are? Salt, <gasps> Wanted, <gasps> and Gone in 60 Seconds. Wow, Gone in 60 Seconds, the uh, Fast and Furious of <laughs> the Angelina Jolie IMDb <laughs> filmography. I made some collages. I, I've never seen the movies and I try not to inform myself about what they're about, but I made some Angelina collages today for social media and like Good. looked up all three movies and I was like, so like she's literally just like holding guns and all of like she's just yeah. doing Enjoy. very similar things in all three movies. Um, so yeah, come, come join us. It's very fun. We watch the movies together and then Joanna and I talk about them. It, it's a very good time. And I have to say I'm particularly excited for Angelina July. Oh, hell Yeah. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at BufferingCast. And you can drop us an email at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. Yes, and you can support us uh, on Patreon. I, like I said earlier, it's a great time. Listen, I don't usually say, like, please support us. But, like, I really do feel that we, and that is the we with a capital W, we meaning Alba, we meaning Mac, we meaning Latoya and Morgan. Like, we're all really in it right now, you know? We're oh, doing yeah. We're doing some fucking heavy emotional lifting in all these spaces. So if you have like a couple bucks a month to spare and you want to support the uh, the work that we're all doing here, you can do that. Uh, BufferingTheVampireSlayer.com. Just click on Patreon. Our store is closed right now. Um, it closed on the 29th of June and it will uh, hopefully, if all the stars align, reopen on the 21st of July. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. We're going to have some new shit. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you could also rate and review us if you want please and till next time uh, uh,
It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.